Stone Cold Sports Talk, episode 43. Taft, it seems as though we're just losing numbers at this point. A couple weeks without William. Now it's just down to you and me. We might try to create um, some sort of CGI version of Jay, like uh, like I guess with Grand Moff Tarkin or um, uh, Princess Leia in Rogue One, or maybe like uh, Livia Soprano in, in C- the early stages of season two of The Sopranos. Jay might have some, uh, some sort of computer-generated appearance here for some previews, but a lot of... A lot of worthwhile things to discuss here uh, after the first week of college football rankings came out. The top four, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then... No. Wait. No. What was it? That was just that was just like your second nature taking over. You're used to putting Ohio State in the top four. But it's Georgia, Michigan Alabama, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Cincinnati. Nope. No, no, Oklahoma not even in the top six. You got Oregon at four. Oh, yeah. right. Weird, right? Weird. I mean, that I think that speaks to the weirdness of this year. Um, this is definitely like the weirdest college football playoff rankings that I can think of. Just because you have a group of five team in the top six, you don't have a Big Twelve team. Um, Michigan State is the highest ranked Big Ten team. George is number one, which for many people is um, very alarming. And then obviously Bama's not much of a change, but it's definitely a lot to get into. So I'm excited to, to discuss where, where they put these teams. So let's go in with the first thing first. Cincinnati at number six, despite being undefeated and having a top 10 win with Notre Dame still clinging on for dear life to a spot in the top 10 in the first CFP rankings. Um, do you think that they deserve to be higher than number six in the country? I do. Um, I am not surprised that they are not because of Cincinnati. The, the committee doesn't want to be forced to put Cincinnati in the playoff if other teams win. And by putting them at six, they can justify not having them in if they win out and then other teams ahead of them win out. But right now, I mean, Cincinnati has no control of their destiny, which must be terrifying for um, for that squad because they can't really do anything to get in if Bama wins SEC championship or Michigan State wins out and wins the Big Ten or if Ohio State wins the Big Ten or if Oregon wins out. Those are going to be the teams that make it in ahead of them. Even Oklahoma would skip them if they win the, the Big 12. So for Cincinnati, they have – they have to hope that those top teams and the teams in front of them lose a, another game. I think Cincinnati does deserve to be higher than six, but I think anyone who is expecting Cincinnati to be in the top four, given the way the college football playoff committee has always treated group of five teams is delusional. This is not a surprise by any stretch of the imagination. The committee has treated UCF, Cincinnati, and other non-Power 5 teams, obviously excluding Notre Dame, the exact same way in the past couple of years. You know, you had Coastal Carolina and BYU, who were both really good upstarts last year and undefeated or won loss at various points in the year, and they were never going to get in the playoff, and they knew it, and the committee never gave them consideration, and and that was it, and it was over and done with. So my 
my gripe with the people who were expressing expressing shock at Cincinnati being number six. I mean, yes, they are, I guess, somewhat different in that they have that top 10 win on the road against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is a very weak top 10 team. They are not one of the, they certainly wouldn't compete with, there's some years where the top 10 is very close in that, you know, the number eight team and the number nine team you think would really hang with one, two, and three. Notre Dame's not hanging with Georgia. Notre Dame's not hanging with Alabama. Notre Dame's probably not hanging with Ohio State or uh, they can hang with Oklahoma. Yes. Um, they're not hanging with Ohio State or in Oregon. It's just not the way that it would go. And so for Cincinnati's best win to be that so far, why are we surprised given what we know about the committee's treatment of group of five teams every single year since it's been in existence? They should be ranked higher than it. I think the AP poll was right in having Cincinnati where they do, but there are a lot of things that would have to happen for Cincy to make the playoff. I don't think they will. They, they can win out. Um, hell, they could probably add another top 25 opponent after the conference championship and still not get in just because of the way that the committee treats them. So Taft, do you think that because of where Cincinnati is right now, it's set, it shows that we need very meaningful reform to the playoff system? I think so. I mean, the whole, the whole mess of we want more inclusion, we want more teams to make it, hasn't worked out at all because if you look at the eight or so years the college football playoff has existed, it's been basically the same four or five teams in it every year um, with a few exceptions. And that's why I think you either need to expand it to six or eight. And I'm not opposed to six and having the two top teams get a buy um, because that would create more teams like Cincinnati, who's very good and who has done everything that they can up to this point in the season to make the playoff, which I think is what it's, it's what you need um, because if the Bearcats win out and they're five or six, at the end of the college football playoff rankings, there is going to be hellfire in the entire state of Ohio. And for good reason, because that just proved that would prove that there's nothing a group of five team can do to make the playoff. I think by far the most straightforward reform is, you know, if we talk about six, eight, 10 or 12, I think when we expand, we're going to, we're not going to get any more than eight initially, because I think it'd be way too much shock to say, okay, you're adding 15 games for college athletes is already a lot to play in one season. Yeah, I mean, I know the NFL season is now, I guess, a total of 19 games because you have 17 regular season or 19 games if you were to go undefeated. 20 games if you're, um, if you're going to go from the no 21 games, I guess now. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but for college football players, have to play 16, maybe even 17 games from basically August 31st to January 12th, assuming they try to keep it along roughly the same timeline would be insane. It's important, the revenue considerations, the NCAA is not going to want to compete with the NFL playoffs as it gets deeper into it. Um, if they have to, and assuming they wouldn't have all the playoff games on a, a Monday and you're running out of holiday real estate, once you get to mid January already, I think the most straightforward solution is six teams top two get a buy, um, make all conferences amend their conference championships such that the top two in every single conference, regardless of division, anything like that, um, are the ones that play in your conference championship and obviously consider reforming divisions along with that, because I think it makes for more interesting conference play. So the top, the power five, all get a spot, best group of five gets in the playoff period. Rank them, rank those six as you see fit. I don't like that because then you have two sec teams that are by far the best two or two of the best four teams in the country. And then that the one that lost in the sec championship 
I mean, this year, if Bama were to beat Georgia in the, in the SEC championship, you're telling me Georgia wouldn't make the That's how your that's how your format would work. I like that. I think it's fun. I think it makes it more exciting. Makes games more high stakes. When yeah. you, you want to make the playoff. That yeah, I think that would be be more BCS like because it'd be like you have to win your conference or else you're done. You know, that's how the BCS national championship was. You have to go undefeated or you're not making the national championship game. That's fair. Um, while we're on the topic of of playoff rankings, uh, is Bama the clear cut second best team in football? think so i mean without a doubt um right now there's no team that has proven themselves besides georgia as better than alabama um obviously they lost to texas a&m and that loss is going to really hurt them because now they have to win out win the sec to make the playoff but you got to think i mean texas a&m isn't terrible like yeah they weren't having the best start of their season as people would imagine but still, going to College Station and playing in that environment is very, very tough. And I think you're a fool if you overlook Alabama because they have one loss. I think that they're definitely the second best team in football. And it's kind of it's kind of a shame for them. I mean, in, here in Athens, Georgia, it's not a shame for us. But it's a shame that they're going to have to beat Georgia um, to make the playoff. Because if they're in any other conference, any other division really even if they're in the sec east instead of the west they would be undefeated up to this point and they would be set to make the playoff yeah the hard thing for me is if you play the second half of that texas a&m game a hundred times bama probably wins 95 times i mean that was just and it's it's weird to think of it that way because like well you know that's not how it works they they played the game and they lost yes but they lost once to one of the best five, six coaches in college football on the road in primetime and like the biggest game that Zach Calzada is ever going to play in his entire life. It's going to happen. It, it's, and it's not going to happen every year for Bama. It's going to happen once every 10 years and it happened. Um, but to say that because of that one loss, they are discernibly worse than uh, they're discernibly worse than Michigan state teams that, you know, is a pass interference call away from probably losing to Michigan or that they're worse than Cincinnati or Oklahoma or Wake because all those teams are undefeated is ridiculous. I mean, Bama's still – Bama should make the playoff, I, I think. There's a case to be made with how things shake out. Even as a two-loss team, if, they, if their second loss is to Georgia really close in the SEC championship game, be hard-pressed to convince me they're not one of the best four. Be really hard-pressed to convince me of that because no one against Georgia has come close. Uh, moving on, who's the Big Ten champion going to be? I mean, I'm just going to go with the easy scapegoat answer, and that's Ohio State. Um, I think that C.J. Stroud is starting to prove himself, and that defense is starting to figure things out. I still don't think they're legit, and I think that that's the only thing stopping them from winning a national championship this year. Um, but I think Ohio State is going to be able to beat Michigan State in a couple weeks. Um, that's basically – you can kind of look at that as – a round of 16 game in March Madness because if whoever wins that game will win the Big Ten East and then play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, which would be the quarterfinal in this case scenario, even though uh, Iowa wouldn't eh, – Iowa could actually make it if they win that game, but I don't think they will. Um, Ohio State knows what they have to do. They have to beat Michigan State, beat Michigan, and then win the Big Ten. Um, 
and they're in, I think that they are the best team in the Big Ten right now, even though Sparty has done a good job um, and they've impressed a lot of people beating Michigan last week. But I think that that was their big one in the season. Ohio State still hasn't had that big win. I think they're going to get it over Michigan State um, and make the playoff. I agree with you. I think you have to look at pedigree at some point, and Ohio State has a championship pedigree having made the playoff countless times. Michigan State's made it once. Michigan, obviously, out of contention now uh, in the Big Ten. When it comes down to between those two schools, Ohio State over Michigan State, um, and both in the game that they play and then just with playoff chances in general. Um, Oregon snapped that lost or uh, snatched that last top four spot uh, because of their win against Ohio State. They didn't lose to Stanford in overtime. Um, looks like they'll get in if they went out and win the Pac-12, but should they? Oregon is going to make the playoff, and I am very upset about it. Um, they don't have really anything left in their schedule. They kind of have they're they're going to get on cruise control and be the four seed, maybe even three seed in the playoff. They play Washington this week, then they go Washington, Washington State, Utah, and then Oregon State. And then they'd be in the Pac-12 championship where they'd most likely play Utah again, who has not been very good this year, um, relatively speaking. Oregon's good. They're not great. They're not elite, which I think you, you should be elite to make the playoff. Um, I, I don't think they deserve a top four spot, but they, they're going to make it. And they're going to be there. I agree with you. The thing that stands out for me about Oregon making the playoff, yes, they will have had a better win than Cincinnati, assuming that they get in and Cincinnati does not. But listen to the FPI um, metrics for the Pac-12 and the American. Pac-12 is Oregon at 11.3, Utah at 9.9, Arizona State at 6.2, and UCLA by a thread at 5.3, and then um, USC and Washington both above four. And basically, four is kind of the metric. Four is kind of the metric for where most eligible teams will be. Um, the American has Cincinnati, SMU, Houston, and uh, and Houston above four in FPI. Um, I don't know why we convince ourselves that Power Five means something when conferences are clearly having down years. You could say the same thing um, in large part about some parts of the ACC. I mean, the bottom of the ACC and the bottom of the Pac-12, and to some extent, the mid to bottom tiers of the American are pretty similar. Um, and to exclude Cincinnati from the uh, from the playoff because they went undefeated, but they're not in as good a conference. The Pac-12 is not good. They're going to get to bowl season. The same thing's going to happen as every year. They're going to get embarrassed by a lot of, by honestly, a lot of programs that would consider themselves to be in crisis mode in the other uh, four power conferences. Um, Oregon, I think, will get in. They beat Ohio State. Deserve a lot of credit for that. But I think it's just another another reason why we need to, to change things up. There's about one big game in week 10, um, Auburn, Texas A&M, huge game for Auburn. Uh, Taft, tell us a little bit more about that. I'm back. Taft, tell us a little bit more about uh, Auburn's game against Texas A&M. I got lonely there for a second. I mean, if you have, if you have connection problems on Zoom, then I'm like alone alone. Yeah, Wow. Then you're just talking to yourself at that point. Happens every day. Yeah, so there's not many games this week that um, caught our eye, but I think the biggest one certainly is the only top 25 matchup of the, of the week, and that's Auburn and Texas A&M. We're 
we're speaking about College Station earlier and how rough of an environment that's going to be um, for Auburn to walk into. And they proved that the Aggies proved that against Alabama. But for Auburn, this is such a big game for them because their chances at winning the SEC West are still alive and well. Um, if they beat Texas A&M, they're going to be looking good to give themselves a chance to play Alabama in an SEC conference semifinal game because the winner will go to the SEC championship. I think Auburn is is legit this year. I mean, Bo Nix has looked very good recently, um, especially last week in that win over Ole Miss. But you just got to think this is a tough game for them to play at College Station. The Aggies are coming off a bye and three straight wins um, dating back to Alabama. And then they blew out Missouri. They blew out South Carolina. Texas A&M is hot. Auburn's hot. Um, and I think it's going to be a great, good old classic SEC showdown, um, 3.30 game of the week. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it should be a, a really good one in a weekend of otherwise unremarkable football. Um, I have taken a pass on previewing a game of the week because I don't think anything else merits it. I'm still sad about UVA uh, losing 66 to 49 against BYU, which I'd have to imagine is some sort of scoregami. Um, I mean, there's no way that many college football games have had that final before. But now it's time for me to hop on my soapbox, and I will very gladly hop on my soapbox about a team in the NBA that is very, very pleasantly surprising me. And that would be the Miami Heat, who I believe are legitimate contenders in the Eastern Conference. They are 6-1 and one in their first seven games and projected to be third in the East at the end of the year after initially being seventh in the preseason, according to 538. They have a defensive player of the year candidate in Bam Adebayo, who is third in rebounds and fourth in defensive efficiency rating among starters. Uh, Jimmy Butler, that's supposed to be the core of this team, the star, is finally coming into his own in a Miami Heat uniform. He's 10th in scoring, fourth in player efficiency rating. Dwayne Dedman has the highest defensive efficiency rating among starters in the league at center for the Heat. They finally seem to have solved that position so Bam can play a true four. And Tyler Hero appears to be uh, heading for a renaissance and a return to form that he uh, was able to achieve in the bubble on pace for career bests in points per game and three pointers made. Um, and this team leads the league in points for and points allowed um, per game. They are sixth in field goal percentage and first in field goal percentage allowed second in free throws first in rebounding. And with the advanced analytics, second in true shooting, um, second in offensive and defensive rating, and first in net rating. This team seems to be firing on all cylinders right now. And the cherry on top of it all is one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA, Eric Spolstra, who seems to figure out how to assemble a scheme and a system that suit his roster year after year. It is a great day to be a South Florida sports fan. You got the Heat, you got the Florida Panthers, and we're not going to talk about the other two. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, um, with the Dolphins not looking too hot this year, I think you're putting a lot more time and energy into your Miami Heat fandom. With good respect. I mean, they've definitely had a great start to the season. The NBA season is very long um, and strenuous, so we'll see if they can uh, keep it up and win the East. It'll be pretty exciting, especially because the Bucks and the Nets haven't looked great. Um, they're, I think, both right around 500 in the Miami Heat. Six and one, not too bad. But hey, don't discredit my Charlotte Hornets, who are having the best start in probably franchise history, um, which is kind of sad because um, we're five and three now. So, anyways, 
Um, I'm going to go back to college football for my soapbox, and that's to discuss the difference in the college football playoff rankings versus the AP Top 25. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I think we need a solution. Um, the AP poll, what do they do? They rank the top, the best 25 teams in college football. What does the college football playoff rankings do? They rank the top 25 teams in college football. Why is there so much difference in these two rankings if they're both trying to do the same thing? You have Georgia at number one in both polls, then it's completely different after that. Cincinnati's number two in the AP top 25. They're number six in the college football playoff rankings. What, what's the difference there? I know the college football playoff committee looks at teams, um, actual talent as opposed to record. So why doesn't the AP poll do that if they're trying to rank the top 25 teams in college football? Alabama's number two in the college football playoff rankings. There's three in the AP um, top 25. And there's so many other differences in both top 25s. And I don't understand it one bit. Um, I think we just need to figure out one solution, um, one rankings that we can base college football teams off of so we don't have to question ourselves when the Cincinnati Bearcats are ranked number six in the college football rankings when they've been number two um, in the AP poll for the past three or four weeks. I don't understand it. I agree with you. And some of my favorite uh, discrepancies are especially toward the bottom of the top 25 um, in for the playoff committee and for the, um, and, and for the AP poll. Minnesota is 20th according to the playoff committee. They are 26, 27, 28, 29th, 29th in the AP poll. Um, sorry, 20th in the college football playoff rankings, 29th in the AP poll. Wisconsin, 21st in the CFP rankings at five and three, which five and three in the top 25. Are you serious? They're 28th in the AP poll. And then you have Mississippi State, who is 17th according to the college football playoff committee. Um, and, uh, and they are 20, they're 30th about in the AP poll. Um, NC State is in the AP or is in the CFP top 25. They don't even appear, I don't think, on the AP ballot anywhere. They have 104 votes, which is second to Pittsburgh out of teams that aren't in the top 25. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, and then Iowa, I guess, is somewhat accurately ranked, but the the gap, oh, Louisiana appearing just at the bottom of the AP poll, nowhere to be found again in the college football playoff rankings. Um, there's a lot of name brand bias in, in the CFP, like 19 through 25. Mississippi State is not a top 25 team, but the committee says they are. Bizarre. So much bias. And I love how the AP poll has like a designated spot for a team that they know isn't really the 25th best team in the country, but they're doing good for their conference and for their history. So we're going to put them in the top 25. Fresno State, what the hell are you doing at 25? You're seven and two. You're not better than Pittsburgh, who's unranked. You're not better than NC State, who's unranked. You're not better than Wisconsin, who's unranked. I'm even going to say you're not better than Mississippi State. The eight people is so and they're probably not better than Arkansas. They're probably not better than Arkansas either. And same goes for Louisiana. Um, they have this designated spot for these teams that really aren't that good, but we're going to give it to them. We'll, we'll put a number in front of their name on the scoreboard when they play on Saturdays, make them feel good. I don't know. I well, think the, annoying, the well, ultimate annoying I mean, thing 
as both of us being fans of ACC teams that would likely be in contention for that 23 through 25 spot no seasons. And instead of actually being recognized for, you know, in UVA's case, starting six and two, it's like, yeah, yeah, we really love the way Boise State's playing. And like, no, screw off. Like, we totally beat them. Relax. It's very annoying. Um, all right, facts or fake news time. Kenneth Walker will win the Heisman. Facts, period. Facts, period. I mean, what Who else? Who else? Corral? Not anymore. Nope. Um, I think Bryce Young is definitely a top guy to compete with him. And the fact that he's a quarterback really helps. But Kenneth Walker, in a year where no other player has really stepped up and stepped into their role, um, Kenneth Walker has done that. Yeah, I agree with you. No controversy there. Uh, facts or fake news, too. Cincinnati is the best group of five team of all time. All time is tough. They're definitely the best group of five team in the college football playoff um, era. No questions asked. I think UCF is the only team that can rival that. But screw off, Golden Knights. It's not you. It's um, it's Cincinnati. And the Bearcats are legit. They're the first group of five team to be in the top six of the college football playoff rankings. So although I'm sure a lot of Bearcats fans weren't happy to see their graphic go into the number six spot on ESPN at seven o'clock on Tuesdays for the college football playoff ranking show. Um, although they weren't happy to see them at number six, it was pretty cool to see because there, it was the first time ever a group of five team has been in that position. Um, so I think Cincinnati is the best group of five team in, in my lifetime and generations past. Counterpoint, 2006 Boise State, the Statue of Liberty, um, or no, was that the Statue of Liberty or is that the hook and lateral? Anyway, the one that beat Oklahoma in the 2007 uh, Fiesta Bowl, finished 13-0, uh, Chris Peterson as head coach, and offensive coordinator Brian Harson. He's been around a while. Um, I would say that team is is the best of all time for now until Cincinnati makes a New Year's Six Bowl and probably crushes whoever out of nothing but sheer spite and out of nothing but Luke Fickle's desire to get hired by someone else. Um, facts or fake news three, Odell Beckham will not be a Cleveland Brown after, Brown after Sunday. He was excused from practice for a non-injury-related reason. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You're getting bold for saying after Sunday, um, especially with the trade deadline already passed. I mean, he's going to be there for the end of the year. I don't know if he's going to play for the rest of the season just because he's so stubborn and his dad is so involved when he shouldn't be because this isn't high school football. But Odell Beckham needs to figure his shit out because he went from being the best wide receiver in football to kind of being a no-name for the past two years. I mean – he, he got injured, so he can't do anything about that. But now he's healthy, and he still has not been doing what he should be doing. Odell's not going to be a Cleveland Brown after this year, which is crazy to think, but I think he'll stay with them for the rest of the season. I'll say facts. If he's getting kicked out of practice, I'll probably just cut him, sign some random receiver. Not worth it. You're going to lose the same amount of money regardless why I have him around. And facts are fake news for an ACC team will not make the Final Four. Are we saying basketball Final Four, I assume? <laughs> Um, it's football. It's like an immediate fact. Like I'd bet it right now. I think we should look at it as both. <laughs> so I guess we got our, our hopes um, for an ACC team making the final four in football or wake forest. And that's it um, because every other team is lost, but for basketball, 
they, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, Duke is number nine in the preseason poll. Um, UVA is sitting at twenty-five. Twenty-five. Carolina's twenty. Yeah. Or, or no, Carolina's nineteen. Florida State's twenty. Um, I mean, you'd be a fool to say fact on this just because of what um, the AP poll is looking at right now. Same with the coaches poll. Duke is the highest ACC team ranked, and that's at nine. So I mean, I guess I guess not. The season's gonna shake its self out and we're going to be able to have a better guess in a month a month from now but right now probably not unless duke can pull some great last chance or the last dance moves the eight pulls um and win a national championship in coach k's last year but as of now i'm, I'm gonna say that uh, fake news no acc team final four um yeah i agree i mean when it's one ACC team versus the field. I kind of like the field at, at this point. I feel like you have to basically make a reservation for Gonzaga for wherever the final four is next year. Um, and then, I, I mean, I just don't think the ACC is that good this year. I really don't. I think it's, it's a conference where the, the champion will be in the top 10 by the end of the year. Yes. But it doesn't really seem to me that this team has, or this conference has a great deal going for it. Um, the Coach K thing is interesting, but I mean, is, is Carolina really going to be that good without Roy Williams? Probably not. I mean, they'll be like they'll be good enough. I think that there's, I think the ACC is going to have a ton of teams on the five through eight lines in the NCAA tournament. But I mean, Duke being a two would be a stretch. It feels like by the time we hit the end of the year, um, Lord knows what you're getting with UVA this season. Um, Florida State, Carolina, I mean, they'll be around, but I just don't think they're going to be great. And then, of course, I mean, I'm sure Syracuse will be a 10 and then make the Sweet 16. Like, I'm not not saying that's not going to happen. You'll still have you'll still have all of the regular parts of March back. Um, NC, NC State's still going to be on the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Some things never change. I mean, Boston College is going to be atrocious. Notre Dame is going to be overrated at some point in the season and then get back to what they're used to and be a two seed in the NIT. Um, Wake's going to be trash again. Um, Georgia tech's going to be, they're going to be like on the NIT bubble. Probably they'll probably retract just a little bit. Um, it'll be one of those, you know, same thing that it's always been. Josh Pastner will have uh, he won't have to wear a face shield this time. Um, but he'll be, uh, he'll coach a team that can always pull off a random upset on a Tuesday night in, in Atlanta. Um, who else am I forgetting? Miami is probably going to be, eh, yeah, they're probably going to be bad. I assume they'll be bad. Um, I haven't heard any. It, Miami basketball is either really good preseason and then they're really good the rest of the season, or they're not a factor preseason and then they kind of seem okay midseason and then they revert back to regular form. Um, who am I forgetting? Oh, mm, Louisville's interesting. Louisville's interesting. I don't even know how they're interesting. I'm just saying they're interesting. Oh, Clemson will be bad. Um, Pitt's probably going to be bad again because I think they lost that Champagne kid, right? Assuming they lost Champagne. Um, yeah, ACC is going to be slightly worse than normal, probably close to what it was last season, and then we'll figure it out. No to the note to the final four, and also no to the playoff. 
That is all for episode 43 of Stone Cold Sports Talk. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the one worthwhile college football game uh, on on Saturday. I think the, the Sunday night game is pretty good, right? Sunday night? Yeah, for NFL. I'm pretty sure it's, it's legit. Oh, yeah. Sunday night's Titans-Rams. Watch that. Um, and also pick up uh, Jeremy McNichols in fantasy because of the Derrick Henry injury. Peterson is a, Peterson's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's not anything worthwhile. Um, anyway, we'll see you next time.